Do you have an unexpected story to tell or know someone who does? We'd love to have you on the pod. Please apply at please don't tell anyone pod at gmail.com or follow our application link in bio of our Instagram, please don't tell anyone pod or TikTok account. So you went from yeah. being like an atheist to a intense God believer in like 30 seconds? In like 30 seconds. It was insane. Hey, and thanks for coming back to Please Don't Tell Anyone. I'm Molly Clark, your host, and this is the podcast where you hear unexpected stories by ordinary people. I go and blind to all my interviews so that I can hear the story firsthand, just like you. Please don't tell anyone. I said, please don't tell anyone. Don't tell I said, them. please don't tell anyone. Please don't tell anyone. Don't tell I said, them. please don't tell anyone. I said, please don't tell anyone. I'm an epileptic, and for about six months, I had experiences where I would have a seizure, and I would see future events that were about to happen. I would tell my wife and some friends, and then the events would happen. They are some real crazy stories. So, so I, got I got that, that submission. submission. I, as, as I just, I just said, said before, before we started, started I never seen a submission like that. And I try to do like a diversity of stories, and... This one is not your average story. To be honest, I don't know a lot, really anything about epilepsy. So will you just give us a little background on what being an epileptic is and kind of your experience with it up until this started happening? Yeah. So when I was about 22, we discovered I had a brain tumor and that story is a little weird too. And then tell that story. Found... I mean, if you're willing oh, to tell okay. it. I think the backstory is important, um, something like this. So I worked for Sprint at the time and I was working on a Sunday and it was so slow. And before this, I kept having deja vu moments, but it was happening like, uh, almost every day and it was happening two, three times a day. And then all of a sudden I was sitting in the back room at work eating popcorn and no one was in front of me at the moment. And then all of a sudden, there was like four people just staring at me. And I was like, what is going on? And they looked at me and they started laughing. They were like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm just eating popcorn. What's wrong with that? And they were like, Jordan, you just passed out. And I was like, no, I've just been eating popcorn. And one of the coworkers was like, I'm going to take you home. And then we're going to take you to the hospital because this is not normal. You had no memory of passing out. I had no memory of passing That's out. That's crazy. Yeah, it was like I went from point A to point B and there was something. Well, actually point A to point C and B happened in the middle and I had no recollection of B. So they took me home. I didn't want to go to the hospital because I'm a, I don't know, a hard-headed guy and I didn't want to go because no one wants to really go to the hospital. Yeah. And so my brother-in-law's mom, who is who was at the time an ER nurse, we called her and asked her. And she was like, no, you got to go to the hospital like right now. So we go to the hospital. We go and get a cat. They, they run the images. And the guy that the doctor, he came in and he goes, well, there's something in your head. So you got to go over to this hospital and get an MRI like right now. So we did that. And that was on June, June 27th, 2004. Okay. And we get the MRI done and it was about the size of like the tip of your thumb, the tumor. And they said, we got to hurry and get this out. So I got it taken out July 7th of 2004. And it was had it cancerous? Almost, it was. It had like tripled in size too. In that like, what, 10 days? Yeah, it was cancer. But the crazy story about that, we go in, we get the tumor removed. And they had this new technology where they could pinpoint every little nook and cranny of the tumor. And... They got it all out. And before they had told us I was going to have to do radiation, I was going to have to do chemo. And my wife and I, we had just got married like that year. And it was kind of funny. Like once I got out, I, 
I'm a pretty lighthearted guy. And my wife, she kept saying, oh, great, I married a lemon. <laughs> I thought it was funny at first. And then I kept getting sick. And so anyways, we got it all out. I ended up not having to do chemo or radiation because they got every little they got every little thing of the tumor. But one of the major side effects of them working on your brain is you get epilepsy. Really? And yeah. And for a while that I ended up getting laid off from sprint because we couldn't control my epilepsy. I was getting like four to five seizures a day at work and I don't have the full grand mall seizures. I have what are called, well, at that time they were called petite mall and now they're called absent seizures where basically you space out kind of similar to passing out, but you don't fall over or anything. You're just not there mentally. So was that what had happened when you were eating the popcorn? I think it was. Interesting. And yeah. So now that you've had a lot of seizures or I assume you've had a lot of seizures since then, do you know when it's happening or? Yeah. You get like this aura before the seizure. Like it's just like, it's going to happen and you can feel it. And so Usually you you get it like 30 seconds to a minute beforehand. So you know, okay, let's go sit down. It's coming. And it's kind of one of those things you eye roll about because you don't want it to happen because the more the seizures happen, you're supposed to give up your driver's license. You're Mm. supposed to, it's just a huge pain in the butt. Yeah. So you had cancer at 22. Yep. You get it knocked out. You start having these little seizures because of it. So yeah. when does your every everyday seizure turn into something more than that? So we got the seizures under control for most of my adulthood. And then it happened 2018, my, my medication stopped working. It just stopped overnight. The doctor said, oh, you, your metabolism is just eating the medication instead of letting it work. So we tried a couple different seizure meds and we couldn't get it under control. And then at the end of 2018, we finally found a medication that was working. I was so happy because I thought, okay, well, in Washington state, you have to be seizure free for one year before you get your driver's license back. Mm. And once the seizure medication was working for about a month, I was so excited because I was like, okay, I'm going to get my license back finally. So it was in December when we got that medication. And then it was February 2nd was the first time these events happened. We, okay, take us to that day. We went to my sister-in-law's house to have a, like a, we did a game night about once a week. And we were at her house and we were sitting at the table and it was eerily similar to how I passed out at work, had that seizure at work. And we were sitting at the table. I went blank, but I could still hear everyone talking. And I could hear them going, is he having a seizure? Is he passed out? But I couldn't respond to it. Like my body was just shutting down. It was shutting down slowly. And then finally I came out of it and I was like, what just happened? Like this one was really weird. It was so bizarre. And so everyone said, you need to go lay down on her bed and just relax. And so I did and it happened again. And I remember coming out of this one and I looked at my wife and I asked her, do I go to the hospital? Like, how is this happening? Like, what what is going on? And she was like, I have no idea. Let's take you to the hospital because this is really weird. She was starting to get afraid that maybe I had another brain tumor or something. Yeah, of course. So they stand me up. I could barely walk. And this was the first time that one of these events had happened. We start walking to the front door and all of a sudden I, I black out again. I go into a seizure and... All of a sudden, I see my headstone. It's like not like I am here, you know? Like, I like blackout and I go into like a dreamlike state. And it was clear as day. I could see my headstone. It had February 2nd, 2019 on it. 
and it said my name and I was I freaked out when I came out of it. I was like, oh man, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. And it was so weird as they were walking me, I like heard this voice say to me, don't worry, you're gonna live till you're 59. And I was like, what? And it was clear, like clear as day, like like as you were talking to me, it was so bizarre. What kind of voice was it? I mean, the way you just did it made it sound like it was like a guy from the office or something. Was it a nice voice? <laughs> it was a real nice voice. It was so pleasant. That's it was it was so bizarre. I yeah, I had never heard anything like that before. How old are you now? I just turned forty. Okay, so you got nineteen more years. I got nineteen more years, so I'm gonna make the best of it. Yeah. So you go to the hospital. Yes. And they do a scan on me. They do all sobriety tests, too, because they're like, all right, is he drugged out of his mind? Yeah. And I pass everything with flying colors. Even they do an MRI and I pass the MRI with flying colors. They're they're like, we have no idea what is going on. And so they sent me home and I'm a huge football fan. And the Super Bowl was the next day. And I just Mm -hmm. slept through the Super Bowl. And everyone's like, something is really wrong with him. Yeah. So that's when you know. Yeah. We fast forward till May 6th. And this is when like one of the events happened to one of my other friends. Like I see it happen. The same similar thing happens. I have a seizure again and I black out where I go into another dreamlike state. And this time I saw my friend coming home because of death. And he was deployed over in Afghanistan and he was supposed to be there for like a year. And he had just left like two months before that. And I was, when I came out of it, I looked at my wife and I told her, Freddie's coming home because of death. Like what is going on? And then I couldn't really remember what I saw, but all I could remember is what I had said to my wife. And then I started like getting real panicky. And I thought, oh, my goodness, like, Freddie's going to die. And he's, like, one of my closest friends. And so I started crying. Like, I was getting really worried about it. When you say because and of death, like, like he was going to be killed and it was going to be his casket coming home? Everything that goes on in these experiences, the wording is very specific. And I thought for sure he was coming home because he was going to die over there and then come home in a casket or something, you know, like you said. But then two weeks later, all of a sudden, we get a phone call that says, hey, Freddie's coming home. His aunt just died. And I was like, oh, like, I'm not happy his aunt just died. But, oh, man, there's like a breather on me that he didn't die. Holy shit. That one just given like bits and pieces. Yeah. And then you have to piece together the rest. Jeez. And so just to clear, so were you on a new medication at this point? I was on a new medication. I was on two anti-seizure meds and both of them were fairly new to me. Got it. And they start, these visions or whatever you want to call them started post being on this medication. Yeah. I had been on it for like a month and a half when they started. And before, before we hear more of it, like, before these started for you, what was your, I don't know, opinion or thought of like psychics or mediums or having visions or stuff like that? So I love psychics. Like I loved them. Like every time we would go to our fair, there was psychics and palm readers and stuff. And I would always go to them because I was like, okay, this is fun. Whether I believed them or not was one thing, but it was still fun for me. Yeah. And I didn't really have much like spiritualness. Like at this point, I grew up Christian and it was about, it was like right after my wife and I got married, I just stopped really believing in God and I had no no desire to do it. Yeah. I didn't really care anymore. So, 
Yeah, I didn't really think that people like you hear people. Oh, he had visions or Mm -hmm. whatever. You just kind of roll your at least me. I would roll my eyes at them. Be like, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So keep going. What happens next? All right. So the next one, I can't remember the date. It was like March 10th or something like that. And all of a sudden I go in. When these started to happen after the first couple, I would have like 10 to 15 of them happen in one night. Oh, my God. And it would be like they were like one would happen. I'd get like a five to 10 minute break. And then another one would happen. And this next time that they happened is I saw I would go back into the past and I would see my childhood. And it was almost like, you know, that Christmas movie where the guy goes back and he like, yeah, Christmas past. past. Yeah. Yeah. Present, future. It was almost like that. Like I would see my past and I would see how I was raised and then I would see future events. And this one is when I started falling back in love with God. And I was told in one of them you need to go repent of everything you had done. And I had told my wife like a month before these started happening that she didn't know, but I had a porn addiction and I had a bad addiction for about 12 years or so. It takes over your life. It is just, it's hard, you know? I feel like people don't put it in the addiction category, but like it is real. It is real. It takes like I would spend, you know, maybe an hour and a half to two hours a day, you know, doing something with it. And even if it was just watching it, it's real. And And it doesn't. I just want to like I'll ask you or to clarify this, because I think there's a misconception of it. Like if you're in a relationship with a porn addiction, like it doesn't mean you don't love your significant other. Right. Like what? I don't know. Can you kind of give us an insight? Like what is the psyche behind it? You know, I don't really understand why I would feel the need to go watch it, but I loved my wife. I would do anything for her during this time. I just wanted to watch it. It was enticing to me. Yeah. Yeah. But when I gave it up, I fell more in love with my wife and it was so nice. I told her, I said, look, I don't want to go to one of those spots. Like, I don't want to go to a meeting or anything. Yeah. Yeah. A rehab. I want you to be my sponsor. And anytime I feel enticed to do it, I want to call you. And I want to explain to you like why I'm feeling like this. And she was so cool about it. I've had friends that have got divorced over them having a porn addiction and their spouse just didn't understand. I was so grateful that my wife, she understood me and yeah. she wanted to make sure to take care of me. Yeah. That's important. That's a great wife. Yeah. Oh, my wife, if you met her, you would love her. She is so, she's the best, like hands down the best. Everyone always says, Jordan, you got so lucky that you're married to her. <laughs> she's fantastic. Shout out to your wife. Yeah. She's great. So you get, I forgot where we were. So you got this, you have this vision to repent your sins. And at this time you're not really tapped into God or religion or anything spiritual. No, not at all. you were also recovering from the porn addiction then when this happened or currently in the porn addiction? I had, I was currently in it and this was, it was March. I'm pretty sure it was March 10th, 2019. And this was the last day that I had watched. Like this was the day I gave up. I just said no more. And so I repented to like every little thing that I'd ever done in my life. Like I even called up friends that I had screwed over when we were young. Like I'm talking like 12, 13 year old. And they, it was so funny. I called one friend and like just asked, you know, for his forgiveness. He's like, I don't even remember you doing that. And I was like, okay, thank you. And I hung up the phone. <laughs> but you did all of this because of the vision that you had? I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When, when I did it, I felt fantastic. And then it was so weird. Like the next morning, I think it was, is I had one more. This was before I called on my friends, but I had like prayed and repented of like everything I had done. 
And then the next morning I had one. And when I came out of it, um, I told my wife, I said, oh, my goodness, there really is a second coming happening. And she was like, what? And my wife, she's always believed in God, our whole marriage, but I didn't really care for it. And then wait, so what was the vision that you had about a second coming? See, I did when I would come out of these, I wouldn't remember. It was like a dream. Like when you're in the dream, you remember everything. Yeah. And then when you come out of it, you remember bits and pieces of it, you know? Yeah. So you went from and, being like an atheist to a intense God believer in like 30 seconds. In like 30 seconds. It was insane. Wow. Uh, yeah. It, I couldn't believe it. My my in-laws, they couldn't believe it. And yeah, a lot of my friends, they were like, what are you doing? Like, this is so bizarre for you. My wife, she was very happy about it. I'm sure. Yeah. So where it do you go good. from there? Okay. Was that the last so the, one? No, no there's can't. a lot more. Keep going, keep going. I love it. These went on for like six months. And this was just like right after the first month. So the next one that I had, it was after, okay, after I repented. It was like two weeks later. And this one I had, I went into it. But this one, I didn't go into a dreamlike state. This one, I was here and... This one I remember clear as day. There was this lady that came right in front of me. And it was like, it was almost like an angel, you know? And my wife, she was with me. She couldn't see her, but I could. And she was, I don't know, around like a 25 to 30 year old lady. And she was really happy. She was smiling nonstop. It was huge smile. I couldn't make out her eyes or really her nose, but I could see her hair perfectly. And there they were these huge brown ringlets of hair. And she was so happy. And as she was talking to me, her mouth didn't move. And she said, all right, now you need to go and preach love. And I was like, what? What is that? Like, how am I supposed to do that? And that's all she kept saying. And she said it probably... I don't know, like 30 times. It, and I kept asking her, like not out loud, but in my mind, I kept asking her, how do I do that? And she kept saying, just go and preach love. And I was like, okay, but tell me how, like give me some pointers. And she was like, no, just go and preach love. And as this was happening, like I could feel someone giving me a huge hug from behind. And it was so warm and like, it was like one of the best embraces I've ever had in my entire life. Like it was real special. And I came out of that one and I started crying again. And I was like, okay, I know what I have to do. I need to go and preach love. And she, my wife was like, how do you do that? And I remember telling her, I don't know. That's all she told me. And I explained everything that had happened. And she was caught off guard. And yeah, I had no idea. I honestly still I preach a little love here and there, but I don't even know how to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And my cousin actually last night was like, you know what? You and your wife, you guys have the best kind of love. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, I'm so jealous of the relationship that you two have with each other. Mm -hmm. Do you think maybe it's not like the traditional standing on a like altar preaching? It's just like living your life in a way that is loving. I think that is right because people witness it. They can see it. And yeah. as long as you're kind and gentle with other people, you know, embracing other people that have, yeah. you know, different points of views or just being nice to people. I think that's one of the key factors. Yeah, because, you know, I thought there was a world where you were going to go in a direction where it was like, okay, and then I became a priest, and every Sunday now I preach love. <laughs> and I, that would have been a little harder for me to grasp onto, but I, like, I think that 
what's so interesting about your story is like, unless you're about to say that you became a preacher, but like you remain this kind of like average Joe who's getting yeah. these messages. That is exactly what happened. And I don't even want to become a preacher or anything like yeah. that. Just cause that weirds me out for some reason. It weirds me out I wanna... too. That's why I like <laughs> your role. <laughs> yeah. I just want to be a normal guy. Did you have a job at this point? Like, were you or could you not work because of the epilepsy? So I, I own my own Philly cheesesteak company. Right, and, right. We're going to get to that. Yeah. And nice. I couldn't work because I was having all these seizures. But all my employees, they love me so much that they just took care of me. And they hmm. said, don't worry, we got this. And I gave them all a pay bump doing it i said look if you guys are gonna do this for me i'm gonna do this for you and well, there's your preaching um, love oh my god yeah i wanted to make sure that if you're gonna take care of me i'll take care of you yeah yeah but a lot of people don't do that so no a lot of people don't do that i think it's an easy thing to do too to make other people happy it's just show and embrace yeah and they show and embrace you know yeah Okay, okay, what happened? So the next one. This one is one of my favorite ones because this was so bizarre. I go to church and there's this church leader who never attends our building. He's always doing other things. He's a high preacher, you know, mm-hmm. and he's never here with us. And right before church, I get this strong feeling that you need to call him or you need to go talk to him. And I was like, all right, I'll go talk to him. I'll call him after church. And so I I show up at church and all of a sudden he's right there. And I was like, oh my goodness. He's like, he goes to our church building like maybe once a year. So the chances of him even being there are so slim. I go up to him after the service and I say, hey, I really need to talk to you. I need to ask you what in the world is going on here. Maybe you can help me. And he, we talk for a while, I'm explaining everything. And he says, I really have no idea. And he was really cool about it. He wasn't like, oh, you're going crazy. You know, like maybe you need to seek medical advice. He was like, no, you know what? These things, they can happen. It talks about it in the Bible all the time that some of these things can happen. And then he says, write it down in a journal and you'll know the exact moment you need to share it. So I write it down. This happens on April 6th. And then I go in for, do you know what an EEG is? Oh, I know what an EKG is. What's an EEG? So EKG is like when they put it all over your chest, you know, to read your heart. And EEG is where they put it all over your head to, to read your brain. And it's where they can diagnose exactly where the seizures are coming from. So I go in to get an EEG done and it was real funny when they were putting Mark cause they like take Sharpie and they write all over your head. I told my wife, I said, Hey, look, I'm post EEG, you know, like post I literally Malone. was just going to say, I bet you looked like post Malone. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was so funny. Yeah. Not a lot of people thought it was that funny. <laughs> I think it's funny. So I, I, I made this joke and then um, my wife, she's at work the day I get out and my friend Joey, he's supposed to pick me up. But I have this other friend who was coming to visit me. He thought I was getting out the next day and he was like, oh, man, I'll just take you home. And I was like, "Okay, Dan, let's that's fine. Let me call Joey and tell him. So my buddy Dan, he's taking me home. We're like halfway home. We're just having normal conversation. And I go, hey, did you like my joke? You know, post EG. And he's like, what? I said, you know, post Malone, the white rapper. And he's like, I don't know no white rapper. The only guy I know is the clean cut guy from Rick and Morty. And I was like, okay, whatever. And we get home and I step out of the car and I look at him and all of a sudden it hits me real hard. And it says, share your journal with him. And I said, okay, I'm going to share my journal with him. So I just texted over because I'd save it on my notes on, uh-huh. on my iPhone. And uh, this happened on a Friday. On Monday, I have another seizure. And after the seizure, I get this strong feeling to go read my journal. So I start reading my journal. And I'm reading it. 
And when I wrote my journal, I wrote it out as fast as I possibly could. I didn't go back and read it. I just wrote all my feelings. And I'm reading the journal. And in the third paragraph, right in the middle of the paragraph, it says, I don't know who Post Malone is. The only guy I know is the clean cut guy from Rick and Morty. And my jaw just dropped. I was like, oh, my goodness. When had you so written I call, that? I wrote it on April 6th. And this was like, yeah, this was like April 19th. Oh my God. So I wrote it, I wrote it like two weeks before it it blew my mind. And so I, I call him the next morning and I'm talking to him. The first thing he says to me is, how'd you do that? And I was like, I don't know, man, this is what I'm talking about. All this stuff is so bizarre. Like I have no idea what is going on. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, it was nuts. And he said, all right, I believe you from now on. So you tell me what I need to do to help you. And I said, that's the thing is, I don't know what you need to do to help me. I think this alone helped me a lot. And he was, he has since that moment been extremely helpful. If I ever run into a tough situation or anything, he's really been like my best friend. He's always there for me now. I mean, wow. and we, we grew up together, but like we are really close now. That's awesome. That's crazy. Yeah, it was so insane. But don't worry, they get even crazier. All right, let's go. Okay, so two weeks after this, my fam, my siblings don't really believe me. But they don't even know the whole story. They just know part of the story. I had one sibling that really believed me. I had like, so I grew up in family. There were seven of us. And one one sister, she died before I even was born. I'm the youngest of seven. And they all thought like, what are you doing? They thought I was going crazy. None of them even asked like, tell me the story, except one sister. She said, all right, I'm going to sit down and you tell me the story. And I told her the story and afterwards she was like, okay, I believe you. And it was very difficult to hear everyone. My, all my in-laws, they didn't like the story either. They all thought I was going crazy. They didn't like that. I was sharing the story with some friends. They, they were really worried about me, but like in a very negative way. Yeah. So I was praying like crazy and I got this strong sense that I needed to pray and pray and fast. You know what fasting is? Yeah. Like not eat. Yeah. Not eat. You just sacrifice your food. So my wife and I, uh, we were praying and fasting and I just needed to know like what in the world is going on because this is so bizarre. This doesn't happen like at all. Like am I literally going crazy? And we're driving down. We have family property that's about an hour and a half south of where we live. And we're driving down. We make it about halfway, and I'm just really tired. And I tell my wife, because she's the one driving, I say, hey, I'm just going to close my eyes for a second. And I close my eyes. And as soon as I close my eyes, I see these characters appear. And they're like not like cartoon characters. Like I'm talking like ancient writing characters like they're like letters but i've never seen them before and i hold my eyes and they're gone i'll close my eyes and these are glowing like bright gold like you can you imagine stuff like when you close your eyes yeah yeah you can't either you can't no i can close my eyes and like envision stuff but not to the degree that you're saying like see when i close my eyes every single time it's pitch black like there's yeah. nothing there. And yeah. I thought everyone, I thought that was normal for people that like, I can't even imagine like my wife, she, after this, she said, when I imagine a beach and close my eyes, I can see a beach. I was like, how do you do that? I don't understand. Anyways. So I close my eyes again. I see the characters. I asked my wife, Hey, I need a piece of paper to write these down. And so I wrote them down. As soon as I wrote them down, close my eyes, they're gone. And I, we get down to our family property. I'm saying a prayer. And honestly, I'm expecting some kind of like angel to be there or something, you know, like, 
and explain this is what the characters mean and i was like oh man but no that didn't happen i was hoping so you never found out what the characters meant no i don't know what the character all the characters mean but i gave the characters to one of my aunts who she had a friend that worked at byu Mm-hmm. And he was a guy that did ancient writings. And he said, look, I can't tell you exactly what these mean. He goes, but I can guarantee you that they are ancient Aramaic or Semitic writings. Mm-hmm. And this one character here in the middle, it means in the layout of where it is, it means Jehovah. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you're going to need someone to to read this, you're going to have to find someone who actually can read like Dead Sea Scrolls and stuff like that. Like you got to go ancient. Yeah. And I was like, oh man. And I have been trying since 2019 to find someone. And it's, I've had people say, oh, I read that and it means blah, blah, blah. But you got to kind of take that with a grain of salt because I don't know what their background really is. Totally. Yeah. But this guy, he was a professor. You read just yeah for real and you read that contact us okay so he's a professor at byu he gave you some insight he did yeah and once i found out that it was ancient aramaic i was so stoked and i was like okay these things are real like okay i'm not going crazy every when you have events like this happen you have to you kind of need some reassuring, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Because mentally you play games with yourself saying, okay, this isn't really happening. There's no way. Yeah, it sounds but, very isolating. Oh, it is. It, I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't change it for the world again, though, because it was a lot of fun. Okay, so there's a couple more. Yeah, I'm um, ready. So after this one... Oh, during all these times, I had to have a babysitter like almost every day because we weren't sure when it was going to happen. And we were really nervous that I would go into like a grand mal seizure. And I had a friend babysit me and it was Joey, my friend. And he, he doesn't, he believes in a God. He just, he doesn't really know. He's more agnostic than anything he like believes in some kind of supreme being or you know some kind of what is it called higher power higher power yeah yeah i think that's Um, probably where i'm at yeah yeah in some kind of higher power and so i was with him and i was telling him like okay you have to believe me that there is a higher power and he was like okay okay and this time Right before I had my first one of the day, I had one that I could see, I could see the future playing out like really quickly on how the next like 20 minutes were going to, were going to happen. And right next to our front door, this one, my wife, she's like, this one's goofy, but it's so fun. Right next to our front door, I saw it in we had a little dog at the time and I saw dog poop right at the front door and it wasn't there yet. And I looked at him, I said, okay, you got to believe me. And I wanted him to make sure that he didn't take me to the hospital because I didn't want to go again. And I said, okay, so believe me and do not take me to the hospital. And he was like, okay, yeah, right. Whatever. And I pointed down on the ground. I said, Joey, right here, this exact spot, there's going to be dog poop. And he was like, oh, my goodness, you're doing this again. And I was like, yeah, I am. So then I went to my bedroom to lay down so I would be safe in case I did have a grand mall. And I had my first one and I started freaking out. I was like, "Okay, you're taking me to the hospital. And he was like, no, you're not going to the hospital. You're laying down. I was like, no, I'm going to the hospital. And he recorded the whole thing, except... His camera died at the wrong moment. It was so funny. Anyways, I get up and I'm walking kind of like a zombie. Like it's like I'm walking funny and I can barely walk. And I get to the front door and he's trailing me and I'm trying to get the front door open. 
and he's right behind me now. And I said, okay, Joey, watch out for the dog poop. And he looks down and there's dog poop in the exact spot. I told him there was going to be dog poop. That's crazy. He started freaking out and he was like, oh my goodness, how did you do that? And I was like, I don't know. Come on, let's go to the hospital. And this is a tough guy. I literally have only seen him cry two times. And we get to his car begging him and begging him to take me to the hospital. And he didn't. He was tearing up. And I remember seeing him tear up. And so we get back inside and the day kind of plays out like usual. But the very last one I had that day, I saw heaven and it was the only time I saw heaven and it was so glorious. It was brighter than bright. Like, you know, like the brightest light that possible. That's how the room was like lit up. And I only saw it for like a second, but I knew what it was the second I saw it. And I came out of it and I started crying again. I became very emotional during these things. Yeah. But I knew. How did you know that's what it was? I've never seen anything like it. And all the description that you have read about, that is, it meets it to the T. Like, it is brighter than bright. And is it just bright or is there like a landscape? I mean, this is such a basic question being that I've never seen it myself. I didn't. The only thing I saw was how bright it was. And then it was literally, I saw it for a glimpse and that was mm-hmm. it. And I think the only reason I saw it was to kind of reassure me that like, okay, you've done everything that you needed to have done to get to this place. So Mm -hmm. you're good. And yeah, and I kind of, my life was in really good shape at the time. Yeah. Like I, I'd repented of everything I needed to do. I loved, I started loving people a lot more. Like when I did work at this time. I would still love to go to work. I just couldn't work work. I would see homeless people walking past that because we do a lot of farmers markets and festivals. Yeah. And we would do farmers markets downtown Tacoma and there would be a lot of homeless people walking by. And I didn't even want them to ask for food. I just would make a sandwich and say, here you go. And the the way their face would light up without having to ask, they were, it was something special. Like, I loved it. But it's amazing. I guess that's how I show love too. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, all part of it. Yeah. So the last time that these happened was we went to go do another EEG, this time in Seattle. And my my wife was with me and I knew it was about to happen. And I looked at her and I told her, this is the last one. I know it because no way. I've already, what? I said, no way. That's crazy that you knew that it was the last one. I did. It's because I think I had seen everything from, I'd seen everything from hell to heaven and it had taken me to where I needed to be. And when it happened, I couldn't see, but I heard a voice say to me, all right, now it's time to go and do. And I was like, okay. And then I felt, you know how I talked about that hug when Oh my goodness, I skipped over one part. It's okay. okay. Tell that part. I can put it back in. All right. You know how I saw that big smile and the hair? Yeah, yeah. Later on, my wife and I, we were dancing in our kitchen. And we were just kind of, we were just jamming to some music. I don't even remember what the song was. And my wife had just hung up pictures all over our kitchen she did those strings you know with yeah. the clips and yeah, stuff. yeah yeah and we were dancing and all of a sudden i see i see that smile on our wall and it was my grandma oh my god i had never seen my grandma so happy she had rheumatoid arthritis in my whole life and she was just a crippled lady And, but that smile, like there was no other smile like it. Like I knew that smile. I stopped dancing with her. There was a photo of her. There was a photo of her on the wall now. And she was in a wheelchair ever since I was little. She was a cripple lady. Mm. She was 
ornery too, but I mean, to be honest, I'd be ornery too if I was crippled like that. <laughs> but she was so happy. And I stopped dancing with my wife. I pointed at the picture. I said, that's her. That's the lady. It was my grandma. That's crazy. Yeah, because you couldn't and see her eyes or her nose or. No, yeah, I couldn't make her out. But I made out that smile. And then we went and looked at old pictures of her to see if she had those brown ringlets. And she did when she was young, when she was like in her 20s. That's crazy. She had these huge brown ringlets. Oh, it was so nuts. But on that last one, though, when I felt someone give me a hug, like and like not just hug me, but like lift me off the bed. It was the exact same hug that I got earlier when my grandma was talking to me. And I can't guarantee you who it was, but mm -hmm. I mean, I can take guess about it. I would guess it was like Jesus or like the Holy Ghost or something, you know, mm -hmm. I, I can't guarantee you because I didn't see him. I just felt yeah. him. And that was the last one. That was the last one. And when I came out of that one, I like, I wailed. Like I had never cried so hard in my life. It was like as if I lost my my wife. I cried and cried. And my wife, she actually took video of it. Because she took video of a lot of these events. Mm -hmm. But she took video of this one because she thought I would want to see it. And it's hard to watch because mm -hmm. I'm like bawling my eyes out. And I even, the one sister that believed me, I lost her early this last October. She passed away. And I cried for her, but I didn't even cry as hard for her as I did for this other, these other events. Wow. And I think it was more because I knew where she was going. She was about as good as anyone could be. What did she pass away of? She had, she was giving birth to her sixth child and she got an embolism mm -hmm. and she passed away from that. Jeez. And it was really sad because she had five boys already and it was her first daughter. She, oh. she was so excited. She literally had posted like a week before she passed. She washed all of her daughter's new clothes and her lint came out pink. Oh. And she was so excited that her lint came out pink. She, yeah, she was yeah. seriously like the sweetest person and you know how people always say that? Oh, yeah. she was so sweet. No, she really was the sweetest person. Whenever so I had problems with anything, well, thank you. Whenever I had problems with anything, she was always the one there to help me. Yeah. So you just knew it was going to end then? I did. And that was the last one that I ever When was had. that? Three years ago? Four years ago? That was July of 2019. Okay. Wow. Did you stop taking the medication or like did anything change? They did. They took one of the two medications off. Right then? And yeah, I think, well, I think they took it off like a month before that. And mm -hmm. yeah, that was it. System. Yeah. Do you think it was that medication that like opened something in your brain to be able to go to this place? I think it was. And I think it allowed me to get there. And you know what's really weird is it's pretty, it's not common, but it does happen. You get a lot of epileptics that have like extreme spiritual experiences. It's not unheard of. And there's, mm -hmm. there's a professor over, I think in Oxford or someplace that this is what he studies. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. So do, have you not had a seizure since then, or have you not had a spiritual seizure? I haven't had a spiritual seizure since then. I've okay. had seizures since then, but nothing like this. Wow. Do you want to yeah. have them again? Of course I want them again. They were so cool. They were so Well, you got to get back on that medication. <laughs> no, for real. I thought about it. As a matter of fact, I have like an entire bottle full of that medication and every great once in a while I look at it and I go, should I do this again? Wow, but, that's a, I feel like scientists or doctors should know, like should do a study specifically on that medication. That's wild. What's the name of it? 
Yeah, I don't remember what the name is. Okay. I could find out. Do you have anything else you want to add before we get to, you know what? No. Yeah, no. I'm All right. good. Unless you have any other questions. No, I think that was a wonderful story. That was, you know, just good. such a different type of episode. And Okay. What is your favorite restaurant? Okay. My favorite restaurant, obviously, is my own. Your it's called Philly This. Yeah. I own Philly a restaurant. This. Philly when did this. you open it? 2011. What made you open it? I got laid off from Sprint because of my epilepsy. And I couldn't find a job because every time you apply, they ask, you know, is there something wrong? You know, like, yeah. is there something that would hinder? And I would always answer, well, yeah, I have epilepsy, but I mean, I should be good. And no one would hire me in it. I mean, that's okay. I understand. And so finally I said, screw this. I'm going to do my own thing. And I love to cook. And I went to all the farmers markets and festivals because I thought, okay, this is the easiest way into this industry. Mm -hmm. And I looked to see what wasn't there. And I had a really good friend and he was from Pennsylvania and I was like, hey, there's no cheesesteaks. You want to do it with me? And he had just gotten laid off. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. And so we did it. And it took off like right away. Wow. That's awesome. Okay, Philly this. What's the, what, someone's going there. What should they get? They should get our fatty. It's, what's in it? It's our, it's ribeye steak. We don't use the steakums or anything. We actually get thinly sliced ribeye. And then we put grilled onions, fresh red bell peppers, provolone cheese on it. It's on a hoagie roll. Oh, it's so good. It's really good. Where is Philly this? Usually, I, you know, someone gives me like a relative location, but just give us a location. Oh, all we do right now, because of COVID, we got our building. Yeah. And we don't have our building. So all we do right now is farmer's markets, catering, festivals. Awesome. If you go to the Puyallup Farmer's Market, that one's our biggest one. Or we do okay. the Stillicum Farmer's Market. I mean, basically, if you look us up on Instagram or Facebook, we always post where we're going to be. Okay. All right. Awesome. Well, and this is in Washington State? Washington State. Yep. All right. Well, if, listen, I'm going to be the first to go. I'm from Philly. So when I oh, you get are? over to Washington, oh, yeah, I got to go to my new cheesesteak spot. You better believe it. It's so funny. We get a lot of people that say, this is authentic. Like, this is the real deal. I'm like, you better believe it. I ain't doing yeah, cheat Yeah, I don't doubt it. I think you probably make a great cheesesteak. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and follow the podcast wherever it is you listen to it so that we can bring you more unexpected stories by ordinary people. And if you didn't like the episode, forget what I just said and just please don't tell anyone. Please.